In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Buenas noches, senores and senoritas. Welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Pepe, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable one-tied son of a gun, New England's own Van Helsing. Me, with me all the way from wherever she is, the blonde bombshell herself, Miss Anne Carrigan. Well, buenas noches yourself. What does that make me, the mamacita? Caliente, mamacita. Mamacita. (laughs) Why are we talking Spanish? I don't know. I just like to do that. Yeah, I'm still on the go. I mean, we had that terrific, terrific conference, uh, excuse mm-hmm. me, event uh, last weekend, the three-day event, and uh, uh, in the, between the week before and now, I'm just totally burnt out. You're too old for this crap. Yeah, I'm too old for something, that's for sure. <laughs> it was a I lot of fun. I'm seriously thinking about stepping back and joining the monastery. I really am. Yeah, there you go. There's a lot of peace and quiet there, right? Oh, the nunnery, one or the other. I yeah, don't know and, and someone said they make good drinks. Oh, there you go. That's <laughs> I forget. I'm all for that. Anyway. Exactly who that was, but yeah. Uh, yeah, save a room for me. We'll all we'll all go have peace and quiet and pray and drink. There you go. There you go. <laughs> drink, eat, drink, and be merry because of whatever. Mm-hmm. That is correct. So, um, did you recover from uh, Spirit Quest? Uh, obviously, better than you. Yeah, well, you know, I, I got up at, uh, well, let's see, I was on the road at, mm-hmm. at 8 o'clock, quarter of 8 or something, and I just got in at, let me see, 5 o'clock. <laughs> so, yeah. I know, you're just a busy, busy fellow. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're five times busier than I've been. I will completely agree. I will not argue with you. Will not argue and, with you. And, uh, of course, tomorrow night I have, uh, we have a cruise out of Portsmouth uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Mr. Ross Bartlett, uh, the psychic from the, uh, the U.K., and, and my fabulous friend from abroad, um, Cal Cooper and Nori Miles, mm-hmm. and Jeremy Dontremont, of course, from the New England Lighthouses, and, and awesome. Karen, Karen Ruck, my good buddy. So, anyways... One of Van Helsing's angels. <laughs> Any few, the few, the chosen. 
the chosen. We're the chosen ones. The chosen ones. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Save and, and me. I, and, I, and we were at Spirit Quest, and I, I guess you did brand us, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I did. I didn't get Leslie. What? I did not get Leslie. I did not Hannah She's Leslie. She's hiding out. Oh, ah. I'll, have to, I'll have to talk to her. Yes, yeah, we have the NEGP brand on us now, so right. Yeah. Did your Did your henna stay on your arm? Did you, Do you still have your skull? Uh, yes, it did. Yes, I did. I was. Uh, people were just admiring it today as I was walking around. Uh, yeah, they were just thrilled. Shirtless. Of course. <laughs> Showing off my guns. <laughs> <laughs> Showing off your guns to the crowd. Oh, nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Well, okay. Admit, all right. Have what? you ever seen me without my shirt on? Uh, no. So there you go. So no. you can't you can't comment on what you haven't seen. Oh well, that's correct. I Isn't saw your right? when I was hennaing it. Well, I could I could comment on you, but I certainly wouldn't, would I? Well, hey, you're the one that calls me the blonde bombshell. I believe you've already commented. I did, and and that is that is that is a very very um, very nice compliment. Yes, I know. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm hearing ghost voices. I so am anyways, too. Let's 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 move on. Uh, I want to bring our guest on the show today. Uh, he's a young gentleman who I've had the pleasure to uh, co-host many, many shows with on uh, Ghost Chronicles International, and now he's here in the States. Uh, he's a parapsychologist, author of phone calls from the telephone calls from the bed, dead, the bed. <laughs> I could use oh, my right God, now. the bed. <laughs> <laughs> he is none other than my favorite uh, rock star parapsychologist, Mr. Cal Cooper. Good evening, everybody. I am Ron Kolick, your gatekeeper to the unknown, the unexplained, and the paranormal. New England's own Van Helsing. How are you doing, guys? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Very good, Cal. You realize I'm in no mood for any of this. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, Cal has spent far, far too much time with you this weekend. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> welcome, Cal. Uh, it's good to have you on this the show. You you do the other show with me, but uh, you're here in the States, and I, I guess for, I don't know how many days, I can't even remember anymore, <laughs> but uh, is it all that you cracked in New England? You've been to, to California, but you've never been to New England. Is it all what you cracked up to be? What you thought um, it would be correct? I, I, th I think California was a bit um, further afield for me. That certainly seemed different and kind of created that separation from the UK for me. And I had all those kind of stereotypical views of the USA in my head before I came over. Because um, California was certainly my first trip to the States. But being being over here in Nashua, Boston, New England and so forth, it's it's been sort of quite similar to home really, except for the accent change. I mean, obviously some of the shops are quite different, but... Um, mm -hmm. Apart from that, it's, it's been quite the same. And after spending a couple of days, you know, you don't really notice that everyone's got a different accent, really. Mm -hmm. um, so I think this one's been more similar to home than California was, really. So, you know, we've spoken so long of the rodeo, Ron, you know, it's like um, we knew each other already meeting up. And also, Anne, I've spoken to you a few times. So uh, mm -hmm. it, it was just like a family gathering, really. It's been great so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice to be family. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Glad you consider us that way. 
So I actually want to comment on on something that that happened. Uh, uh, I guess well, it started at Spirit Quest when we did the special paranormal experience on Saturday night, and Cal Cooper did a cold reading for the audience, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> it, it needed a little refining. I thought it was uh, interesting. So I, of course, accepted the challenge at Dining with the Dead. Didn't I, Cal? Yes, you certainly did. <laughs> and uh, I think I could do this without any training whatsoever. And, um, you know, I figured I could use put my Sherlock uh, hat on and be able to do a cold reading, um, <clears throat> doing deduction. And, and so, I, hence, I, I started. And mm-hmm. it, it did pretty good at the beginning, but then it went all so wrong. <laughs> It, it went so wrong, but at the same time so right. You know, it felt so good, but it felt so wrong. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> like most of my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it actually, it, what had happened is I actually tuned in on this woman and uh, tuned in on her mother who had just passed, and we got in the all, you know, and connected with her. And so something that I, I started out is just as a, a lock had really turned serious. And then... Uh, you know, Cal could see what was going on clearly, and then when it was time for me to do my reveal, he was, you know, quite concerned for me, which, you know, I, I felt really good about Cal. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had to take you out of the room, really, because it could have gone two ways. I mean, I wasn't expecting what you were going to say at the end. I knew you were going to uh, discuss that it was a, a cold reading on a Barnum script, or at least that that was your intention, um, the problem is, if you're purposefully going about it, knowing that it's generalized information, and you specifically target saying that the person's going to end up in a car crash that needs to be avoided, or there's been a family loss and you're in connection with one of the dead spirits, that's a sort of, for us as parapsychologists, when we kind of study the Bonham script, that's a no-go area. You just simply do not enter those realms, especially if it's, it starts going right. You know, it's so wrong, Except but it's so right. Except for Van Helsen, evidently. <laughs> Yeah. For you, though, for you, you know, you were picking up stuff on that she was agreeing on. So just as a safe barrier, I had to quickly take you out of the room to just say, look, this could be going two ways. Number one, we just don't ever target people that are deceased, but you have. A little late now. But the for- <laughs> yeah, but the fortunate thing is it went absolutely right. So there is no way, no way of telling whether that was generalized information that you were just getting straight to your head or you were just thinking very naturally, very calmly, acting on the first thing that popped into your head, and it was acting as a very basic, you know, very untrained psychic reading that could be genuinely information that you and her were connecting on together, and you were revealing to her. Uh, and that's the way you put it, really. You said you intended it for it to be um, an example of the Barnum script, generalized information, but you were acting on whatever thoughts and feelings were coming to you. And she said, that is correct. And you That's could see right. she was it, very emotional as well. So you know, Ron, I could actually, uh, I could actually feel her emotion. That's how I knew I was in trouble. Is that I could yeah. feel an emotional bond between her and myself, mm-hmm. um, and not only me and my, and her and myself, but also from beyond as well. This this spirit that was there at the time. And as it turns out, after I finished, and I did explain, I said I started this out, uh, you know, as as a, a lock, a, not a lock, but an experiment, and uh, you know, it turned very seriously. And uh, the the stuff I was given at the end was very true and 
shoot of my heart as I felt. And it turns out uh, the spur that I connected to, which was her mother, had passed away, and it was her anniversary that particular day. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that, that was quite incredible. And I remember you sat back down at the table and you're quite shaking that it was so... Um, you know, th- there wasn't an, a great number of specificalities, but it was still accurate and it still exactly. matched. And it was your first go, and it was a one in one. You know, there was no hits or misses; it was hit, hit. Um, so I think you were quite shocked by the experience, intending it to be something that would probably produce no results, and it did. And she didn't know one way or the other what you were intending to do. So I think you know that is quite a you know it's quite a learning curve, and it's quite incredible, really. Um, because you think, well, you know, generalized information, that's the answer to how psychics are doing it. But I think even you were impressed with your own attempt that turned out to be something else. You know, exactly. and Ron, I, as we said at the table, um, I had to take you out just for my own safe barrier because I didn't want it to go wrong. But, you know, you'd seen what happened, you were prepared, and then you went back and everything was worded very carefully, very, very carefully, and you did very well there. And, and, you know, it, it, how good it came out at the end of the night was over. She came up to me and actually thanked me for mm. uh, the reading. Uh, so, huh? uh, and, and the interesting part about it is Ross was there. Of course, that was uh, yeah. Ross was the feature speaker, as long as Cal. Cal was there as well. But mm-hmm. uh, And he had done that same table, which was her husband. And I forget the other relationship. The other girl was his daughter. I can't, I can't remember. remember. I do remember the whole table there was related to each other in one way yeah. or another. And so, yeah, Ross actually picked up on that table, and it was interesting because my heart was going pity patter when that was <laughs> was was happening because I didn't know what Ross was going to go. And Ross, by the way, is very very accurate. I've never seen uh, a medium as accurate as he was. He coming up with the names very clearly, and and if the people didn't know the name he said this is what i'm getting he didn't back down at all and uh he said uh, it will come to you and i remember one name william that he did he did a, he did a whole series of names for this one uh these this mother and daughter and and they said no no there's no william there's no william and then the same thing at the end of the night they came over and they said yes we and we now know who you were talking about william was the the nemesis of my uh, father or, or and uh-huh. uh, my grandfather so it, uh-huh. it was really good so anyways when he went to that that same table, I had no way of knowing which way that was going to go, of course. Um, and so I, I was, you know, I, my heart was going pity pat a pit a pat Now we have, so, a, we have a comment from Stephen Scott in the chat room, Ron, and it, and it says, uh, Stephen says, it sounds almost like you were making a mediumistic link rather than a psychic. Oh, give me one. a break. Like, I know the difference between the two. <laughs> I'm just repeating what he's saying. <laughs> No, I, I consider them both the same, to be honest. I mean, uh, I at the start too. of every talk that I've done on this um, week event or so, you know, um, parapsychology looks specifically at three different areas. And the one that's dealing specifically with psychic phenomena is extrasensory perception. That breaks down into clairvoyance, telepathy, and precognition, seeing at distance, mind-to-mind interaction, and seeing future events. Um, from my point of view, you know, mediumistic abilities and clairvoyant abilities, they're the exact same thing, even though psychics might give them definitions. By terms of science, they see them no different. You're seeing information at different at a distance. You're picking up on information that you shouldn't be able to obtain by rational means. Um, I, I, so, I know, you know what he's it, saying. He, he's thinking more of a psychic uh, ability as being able to 
predict the future type future. thing versus versus a mediumistic where you, you talk to the dead. But in, in reality, when you do a uh, psychic uh, thing, and at least in my opinion, and you know, I'm certainly no expert on on, on the subject, is I, I also feel that you're getting that information from somewhere, and I think it's really you're getting it from the same. Uh, maybe consciously or subconsciously, but you're getting it from the same. Uh, yeah. you, you agree to? Yeah. Yeah. The, the problem is, this is something that William, Dr. William Roll brought up. Um, he died earlier this year. To a survival. Um, it, it can relate perfectly to what you did, Ron, yesterday. Um, there's no way of proving that that was evidence for survival of death. Because right. you could have, let's just say you were picking up on the thoughts and emotions of that lady's deceased relative or friend. And that's where the information was coming on. But what's to right. say that you weren't telepathically picking up on her thoughts, emotions and knowledge of a recent loss as well? There is no exactly. way of deciding between whether it was mind-to-mind -mind interaction or mind-to-mind -mind interaction with the dead. It's impossible to distinguish between the two. If indeed we can not place any rational explanation on how you came up with that information and she derived a perfect meaning from it. You know, that there are rational explanations to consider and that was that, yes, it was a pure lucky guess that worked very well to that person because you targeted them. But they found significance in it. So then, you know, if we look at those two links there, the telepathy and the communication with the dead, it's almost impossible to decipher between the two. Is poltergeist activity, is it the dead moving objects, or is it us psycho, uh, psychokinetically moving objects? It's not possible in current scientific standards to understand which one is responsible. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we we had talked earlier, and I am, I'm sorry, we seem to be dominating the conversation, so I will pause here. It's all right. You. Yeah. <laughs> now, Go this ahead. was last night. This was at, at uh, Dining with the Dead. Yes. This yeah. is transpired. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we we had we had uh, Ross Bartlett there, who was an excellent medium, and uh, like I said, it's very Chris uh, um, Cal had, had attempted to do this cold reading thing, which which I was impressed. I mean, it, it granted it, it it didn't do as you wanted as much as you wanted, but I thought it was yeah. still kind of cool. I saw the the concept behind it, and I was really impressed with you. So you know, well, I, you. I thought that was clearly something that, that I could do with no problem at all. Yeah, in the in the know, UK, you know, Ron, we'd say that went tits up. What's that? <laughs> What's that, Cal? <laughs> it really did. Uh, uh. Did and, you get and it? So, uh, the, the interesting <laughs> thing is, I, I certainly, you know, figured if if Cal could do as well as he did, I certainly could do it with my superior intelligence <laughs> and uh, <laughs> do the same thing. So uh, that's why I even <laughs> attempted to uh, uh, do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh wait a minute! I just noticed the uh, uh, wait a minute! I just noticed the com comment from Stephen Scott Stephen Scott from the UK from uh, Scotland. Hey Stephen, uh, he said it says Cal's been runified. The horror of it. <laughs> I've been runified. That's been runified. Uh oh. <laughs> there you go. Do you know what I have to say to that? What? Yeah, whatever. whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, you, know, you know, it was a good experiment, and, and I'm really, you know, I would try it again, but I would, I would definitely go down a, a certain avenue. But then again, if if that same connection occurred, then I certainly, uh, now that I've had the experience, I, I certainly wouldn't shy off on it. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it would be my, uh, 
know, to my advantage or or anything else to to you know not. I mean, it must be a a message that's trying to get through. So I mean, I certainly. I don't think I would, but you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of stay away from that for a little bit, anyways, right now. No, I, yeah, Ron, I, I know, I know it was probably quite, um, um, certainly a very influential experience, really. But it's uh-huh. some, something that I think your classes would certainly benefit from. Um, you know, showing them Barnum scripts, print them off, and showing, look, these are lists of generalized information. Let's let's have a go at this. Let's kind of discuss this topic. Really, this is what psychology has shown that. It's possibly a rational explanation past some mediums clearly seem to be doing it because you look at a Barnum script, read it, recognize it, remember it, and then watch a medium. You think they're doing no different than the Barnum script. And then you look at other mediums and you think, wait a minute, they're picking out specific names every time, addresses, zip codes, street names, particular items that are very random out of their chest of drawers that this person is keeping in their bedside cabinet. They're not drawing the information out. They're specifically saying, you have this in your bedside drawer, and Uncle so-and-so bought it for you. Is that true? You know, and they're targeting something very specific that is very difficult to generalize. You know, if you're just doing the Barnum script and you're faking it, it's very difficult to get yourself out of that hole. If they turn around and say, no, that's not true at all. Mm-hmm. I, I think that you brought up a good point, Cal, and I think I will attempt to do this. Um, this paranormal study group, I, I think I may do that. I, I will have to see what I have scheduled for it, but uh, I may try that. If not, this one, another one. Yeah. I think right. it's a great idea. I, I, I think I'll benefit from it, but just specifically, this is not by any means the explanation for how mediums are doing it, but it does seem to explain how the majority of them seem to possibly be going about it because we've found an effect here that psychology has looked at extensively and it seems to apply apply very well in terms of characteristics to what a lot of mediums appear to be doing. So these mediums appear to be going about being very successful, yet you could have a psychologist or any person using a Barnum script going about and then being told, you know, you're very good at giving psychic readings, when in fact it's not a psychic reading. You are using general scripts of information and the person is finding a meaning in them or drawing meanings from them and believing that you've come out with specific information when in fact you haven't. They've actually probably said, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're getting at. That's my Uncle Jeff or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, they've told you, basically, but they think that you have told them um, because they get lost in the reading. It's, it, the psychology behind it is fascinating. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't want to do a whole show on this, but I, I do want to devote <laughs> the first first part of this to psychic reading. And, and on that note, I'm gonna, I want to switch to Anne because mm-hmm. now... And also uh, had an experience there at, at Spirit Quest. We, well, you did get a reading I did. from from one of the witches from Salem. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. I did. Kelly Curtis Spangler. So, do you want to? With, with Cal, I mean, you want to take the lead or, and question her about this reading? <laughs> um, no, please, yeah. Anne, you may as well tell me what happened, and then um, we could discuss it after that. That's okay. Pissy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't say anything. First, first, of, all, we have to, first of all, Cal, we have to establish mindset. <sighs> okay, okay, and <laughs> wait, wait, and were you on any medication at the time? There you go, uh, now you're talking. No. Were you drinking extensively over the weekend? I wish. No. <laughs> had you been at gin, vodka, had you had two beers? We did not belt these down, although we should have. I, I can tell you that right now. I know, although really. I probably would have no been comatose for sure. There was no bar. Okay. Any stressful situations or anything like that? Parking fines that were unpaid? 
at the event? Yeah. Stressful situations? Yeah. Uh, parking no. fines on paid stress. Okay. Well, we'll safely say you're in an okay mindset. No. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're not finished with this. <laughs> do you have any turmoil going into your life right now? Yes. Okay, so we do have a state of... of uh, Absolutely. Okay, we do have a state of thing. And, and actually, I did a reading on end, which we will get into a little bit later, too. Uh, <laughs> okay. Good time. Uh, but um, so so you do have this turmoil. Okay. So when you were getting this reading in uh, yeah. before you got your reading, um, mm-hmm. what was your mind state and what did you expect to get from this reading? Hmm. Um, I I have to. I mean, to be perfectly honest, my mind state mm-hmm. lately because I know you were working on my arm, so I know that got you kind of excited. Right. But, uh, you know, Van Helsing uh, yeah, got me yeah, all yeah, worked up, man. Yeah, I know that. Uh, oh, but, only because I smudged it a couple times. Uh, <laughs> see, see the stress that I was under. Yes. See, I told you. <laughs> yeah. So, and no, seriously, what was? I mean, what were you expecting to get out of this reading? Did you have pre? conceived notions what this reading was going to tell you? I'm not uh, asking you to tell me what they were. I'm just saying, did you have preconceived notions? Uh, I would say yes, somewhat. Okay. I somewhat did. See, Callan, that's how we do it. We like to find out what the victim, I mean, the uh, uh, client <laughs> is uh, thinking, how, what is her mindset. You did nice with the drugs and stuff. I give you credit for that, Cal. But, yeah, I was getting you know, there. You interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of psychotic drugs were you on? Okay. <laughs> Psychedelics, some special mushroom yeah. tea. So, so did we cover all the prerequisites before we can talk about the reading now? Were you quite tired? Were you in a hypnagogic state, a hypnopompic state? Were you going to sleep? Were you waking up? <laughs> Is there even a word, hypnagogic? Hypnagogic? Hypnagogic, hypnopompic. Oh, my. Hypnagogic, going to sleep. Hypnopompic waking up. Ah, I'll have to remember that for my Scrabble. Hmm. Wax on, wax off. Uh, (laughs) I would say I was in neither one of those states. Okay. That's okay. So now we can get into the reading itself. Okay. Except we ran out of time. I know, it's 7.20. I mean, you know. (laughs) Look what you did. You took so long to question me. Well, this is this is the job of a parapsychologist. We must know the preconditions before we get into the conditions. Okay. Besides a physical examination. All right. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> right. That's so, right. can you take off your clothes in? No. <laughs> no, dear. <laughs> How do you know I don't have them off? This is radio. Yeah, but I'm psychic. Back up, man. Back up, man. I'm a I'm remote viewing right now, anyways. Okay, so any, anyways, I hear the beats. That means we got to take a break. Y'all listen to the foolishness on Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with the blonde bombshell herself, Ann Carrigan, New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Cohen, and Mr. Cal Cooper, a parapsychologist extraordinaire. Right here on Tokyo Parax, Ghost Channel, and beyond. Welcome to Tokyo Radio with a cutting edge. It's time to awaken your creativity and unlock your greatness by listening to the Nancy Pristine Show every Thursday from noon to 2 Central Time on Toginet.com. Nancy is also known as the Happiness and Well-Being Ambassador. She's an award-winning author and radio talk show host. And every week on the Nancy Pristine Show, you'll hear tips, stories, and tested techniques from celebrities, star athletes, and executive business people. People who have achieved greatness in their field. Everyone deserves the ultimate life. And now you can create your own success story and achieve a brand new you by listening to the Nancy Pristine Show. 
The intent of the Nancy Pristine Show is to give you everything you need for happiness, well-being, and success. For more on Nancy and the show, check out her website, Nancy Pristine. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E dot com. Then listen up. You will never settle for second best again. You're going to love the Nancy Pristine Show every Thursday from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Time on toginet.com. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron, Ian, and special guest, Cal Cooper. <laughs> we are we are fast and speedy here in the evening, apparently. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like a drive-through radio show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, drive-by uh, public service uh, announcement. As, as we were saying uh, before the break, um, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation on, on uh, TojiNet, uh, Parax, Ghost Channel, and Beyond with Ann Carrigan, Ron Kolick, and Cal Cooper. And Ann was about to reveal, well, as much as she wants to reveal, about her reading from uh, Kelly Spangler. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. For, for, all right, yeah, let's go. Let's just go. I'm not going to preach it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So th- you, you just want me to spill it? You don't have to spill the beans. Spill the beans. You don't have to go into specifics unless you want to. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I, I will. There were, there were two parts to this reading. Okay. And um, the first part, uh, we were discussing uh, my, my employment situation, <laughs> which I have, a, I have a great job and, and, and very happy. Yeah, you work with job. me. Hmm? You work yeah. with me. I How work with you. That's yeah. right. Is that what that is? But in the real world, um, <laughs> uh, I work at a public access TV station. I'm very happy. Um, assistant director there. Recently got a promotion and a raise. Woohoo! Um, so basically, that was the part I think of the reading that kind of uh, kind of blew me away because I did not. That was something I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And what she told me about the work aspect was that within, I think she said, eight months' time. You'll be pregnant? No. Oh, I'm, saying, I'm sorry. I was on the wrong track. God, you're awful. Yeah. Please, no. I'm way too old for that. But she said that I would be, uh, basically, that I would be in charge. Really? Of this place. And I was like, huh? No, I don't want to, I don't want to be in I charge. Don't want to. I mean, there's only two of us, right? So this is the bad part, and and the man that I work with, Russ, is is lovely. He's a very good friend. Mm-hmm. So now I'm thinking, oh my good lord, what's going to happen? What's happening to Russ? I know because oh. it's not so much. It's not really about me. Should we start a pool? Hmm? Should we start a pool? <laughs> We'll start, we'll start a Russ pool. So I mean, she didn't say that anything was going to, you know, she know anything that was going to. Be happening. No, I, I didn't mean that. I just mean when you would take over. That's what I was talking about. Uh, <laughs> so that really shocked me. Uh-huh. That was very unexpected. Oh, and something that I now we talked when we were talking earlier about how how uh, psychics and and readers pull very specific things out. Yep. As we were talking, she kept looking over my uh, my left shoulder, and she said, yeah. "There's a woman standing there. I'm sorry." She keeps distracting me. There's an older woman there, and um, 
she's kind of old. yeah she's kind of confused about why she's here. And originally, I thought that this was my grandmother because I've been told many, many times my grandmother watches over me when I'm out doing my investigations and all mm-hmm. my ghostly things. So I just assumed it was her. And uh, she said, "Well, I keep getting aunt. Well, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. Um, my mother was an only child. Okay. My father was estranged from his family." So uh-huh. I really didn't have any aunts um, that you know of that I knew of, you know, so to speak. And she kept getting aunt, 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 and I'm like, not my aunt. I don't have an aunt. And um, finally, and she said she's talking about um, something that you have that she she said I don't know if she gave it to you. It was uh, some kind of of necklace, and it was oval. It was gold. Uh, and I'm drawing a complete blank. So I'm giving, I'm like, I don't know. Finally, she eventually, as we're proceeding with the rest of the reading, she says, she says, shoe fetish. She, I'm seeing shoes. She had a shoe fetish <laughs> with shoes everywhere. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's my husband's Aunt Al. And I have no reason in the world, I have no idea why she would have been there. But she did recently pass away, you know, in October. As soon as she mm-hmm. said shoes, I knew exactly who it was. So, well, I that kind of general? What woman doesn't like shoes? Yeah, mm-hmm. but a shoe fetish. And every woman has a shoe fetish. My no, every has woman like does not have a shoe shoes, fetish. For God's sakes. No, it would have been different too. if she said a foot fetish, but a shoe fetish is more specific to women in general. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, all I know, and then it all clicked into place because. After she died, she was in a nursing home. She had very few possessions, but one of her possessions was her shoes. No, was oh. a, a gold a gold necklace that she wore every day. Uh-huh. That you know, I ended up with, and I mean, I I said, oh, you know, in this particular necklace was just, I mean, it was really filthy, dirty, and I brought it home and I soaked it and I scrubbed it and and now it's beautiful, you know, and I was going to give it to my daughter. Um, so I just thought it was funny that she should kind of fix on to that. So, so, so she was spot on with that then. Hmm. So she was yes. spot on with that. Yes, she was. She was. Okay. And then um, the remainder of the, the reading um, focused on my personal life. Uh-huh. Which did, I'm not did my name get mentioned? No, it did not. Damn. Aren't you lucky? <laughs> <laughs> um. So. I'm not going to go into that because it is personal. Yeah, um, that's fine. But in my mind, and I, I didn't say ah, yes or no, mm-hmm. you know, as she was kind of putting it all down there, um, unless she specifically asked me a specific question. Right. And um, I would say that she was also spot on. So she, you, you would say that she was, on a scale of 1 to 10, how accurate was the reading? 10 being the... 100% accurate, one being 10% accurate? Um, I, I would give it a nine. So 90%. So she got almost everything right. Mm-hmm. It might even, of? you know, I'm, I'm even leaning towards saying a 10. I mean, she was, she was spot on. So, Cal, you still with us? Yes, I am. I think you fell asleep. Okay, Cal, so... No, no. No, so you just heard what Ann said, right? Yes, I did. And as part of that, that, that little um, exercise you did at Spirit Quest, mm-hmm. um, 
there is, you mentioned something about the percentage being right, wrong. So would you like to mention that a little bit? Uh, yeah, I mean, of course, I used the whole jewelry aspect in my cold reading, which someone picked up on. Um, I said, yeah, there's an item of jewelry. It's in a bedside cupboard. Um, it's probably been damaged lately. Um, you know, it could be a watch. It could be a bracelet, something like that. It's been put away. It's something very meaningful. It's probably handed down the family, maybe grandmother to granddaughter, maybe mother to daughter. And um, something stupid happened. It probably broke one of the links and you put it away and you've always been thinking, oh, I've been meaning to get that fixed. And um, does that mean anything to anyone? A woman said yes. And I said, OK, OK. Right. Uh, would I be right in saying it is a bracelet? And she said, yes, that's absolutely correct. But, you know, I find that that actually applies to probably about roughly 90% of people. I mean, mm-hmm. even my own mother has jewellery that's um, necklaces, bracelets that are through the family. And they are very delicate and they've got broken links and they've just been left in a drawer for years because um, there's probably been a good meaning to get them mended, but they never actually have been. And I know we've had Kelly on the show before, so, you know, I'm not going to target her Koreans because... No, no, I no, cannot... no, we're just talking in general here. That's yeah, right. yeah, I'm saying you know, I cannot vouch for anything that um, Kelly was picking up at all because I can't get inside Kelly's head um, at all. So she probably was genuinely coming through with this. This is the thing where I cannot cast criticism over Kelly's specific reading at all. Um, so I need to make that very clear. Um, but um, when we talk about the generalised Barnum scripts, yes, you know, a good 90% can actually relate to what's being said. You know, typically when I do cold readings, I mention things such as I try to guide them through their house and I think of things that a lot of people have got in their house, but people think, my God, how could you know that? I always draw on family members possibly suffering with heart conditions or back problems because right. probably about 90% of people do suffer with have or have a person in their family that has a back condition. Right. Yeah, I, always about condition. Women, I always talk about women with shoe fetishes. <laughs> yeah, women with shoe fetishes and whatever other fetishes, <laughs> I, you know. I see. I, I, I'm, opening, I'm opening your closet door. I see lots of shoes on the... And they're different colors, too. You have different... And some uh, different heights, too. I'm seeing different heights, like a, a higher one and a lower one. Oh. Yeah, I'm definitely... Yeah, that's right, Ron. Whips and chains, anything like that, you know. Ninety <laughs> percent of people will probably say yes. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, you know, so it's it's incredible how something that sounds so specific can actually be uh, very much generalised to a lot of people. And but this you, is you also I've... you also mentioned one thing too, which I was trying to draw out of you, but evidently we just don't, not on the same level. <laughs> and that is that people remember. Oh, yes, they course. get right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, Anne, can you actually remember how much stuff Kelly said that you couldn't find related to you at all? Um, I, I, I didn't find I, that I, I, anything I, she said was not hitting home with me. You know, I've, I've had plenty of readings and... Uh, left those readings thinking I have no <laughs> I like have no connection with anything that that reader told me. Yeah. Um, I, I cannot think of anything that that she said that wasn't wasn't ringing with me. I mean, once she said the shoes, it all fell into place, you know. Um, but. Mm. Well, only because I, no, I no, knew... No, no, we understand. No, I'm not, wasn't, didn't you know, even this woman, side remark, yeah. but of course it's not specific, I mean, specific like, to that particular person. Right, I mean, like the work stuff, I can't, 
that was a, a that was a, all future events. Mm-hmm. So I can be puzzled by that right now, but eight right. months from now. You know, yeah. not understanding something that she said to me. I mean, every, every really, uh, I, I don't, I can't think of anything she said to me that I, I thought, oh, what is that? You, if the whole session was probably recorded, like video camera or something like that, you'd actually probably oh, yeah. be quite surprised um, with both um, her body language and characteristics, and also yours as well. Mm-hmm. And as again, I'm not disputing whether it was um, right. genuine or not, um, but I found it quite interesting, even watching Ross last night and watching many other psychics when I'm sat right. back being very objective, that I then watch the whole reading. I watch very clear, carefully what they could confirm and what they couldn't confirm. I watch the medium's face. I then quickly cast my eyes to the sitter's face. And then I watch afterwards when the, the sitter goes up to the medium and says, you know, thank you very much for the reading. I couldn't believe you got this name coming through and that name. And I do keep in mind everything that they could not at all find a connection to. And perhaps the medium scanned over or avoided straight away. That is never, ever mentioned again. As though the sitter just can't remember the misses because they're searching for hits. And, um, you know, that's the only thing that's going to make a reading work. If when a medium gives a message, you have to think, how does that relate to me? How does it relate to my family? How does it relate to my friends? How does it relate to my life in general? Uh-huh. And, you know, how many people are involved in your life from day to day in extended family and friends? There's a right. lot of names there. There's a lot of people of various ages, races, backgrounds, religious beliefs, and so forth. Uh-huh. And so you've really got to scan. And um, it seems to me, certainly when I've done my cold readings, some people that were very satisfied, they got 20% of my reading was accurate to them. The 80%, they forgot completely because <laughs> it, could, it couldn't relate to them at all. Um, but I, I sat them down. I said, "I'm a psychologist. I cannot give cold. Uh, I cannot give genuine readings. I'm giving cold readings here. I'm generalizing information, but I'm doing a test here to see how mediums might, how they might be going about doing it." And they said, "Sure, that's fine. You know, we just want a reading. We don't know mind whether you're a psychic or not." I said, "Okay, that's fine. So long as you understand." And even then, they come away very thankful, shaking my hand, <laughs> and very pleased of the reading. Even though I knew, because I remembered, because I felt, you know. No, I've got something. I've got something wrong. I need to quickly divert. They didn't notice that though. They didn't notice, notice my panic. Um, <laughs> there was, was going on inside me. So I just composed myself and um, diverted to something else. You know, uh, okay. and I think when you're doing a reading, it's very understandable to get lost in it. Same as meditating. You know, there could be loads of things going on around you that just don't distract you anymore. You don't notice they're going on because you're so absorbed in what you're doing and what you're looking for and what you're trying to do. I just want one more quick comment on this, and then we'll uh, move on to telephone calls from the dead. Um, (laughs) When I did my little thing, you noticed my body language and everything. Was it telling? Um, I I think you kind of um, did what I tended to do, Ron. And, you know, I discussed this with Ross before, and he wasn't necessarily nervous, but I knew that he didn't want me to kind of mimic um, him, poo poo the whole thing of mediumship. You know, I, he said, right. "How do you go about doing it when you do a cold reading, Cal?" And I said, "Well, if I'm honest, Ross, I try and 
you know, I've got a background in acting and, you know, it's not that great at acting when I'm doing a medium, but I try and act as though I genuinely am receiving information. So all I do is copy habits that I've seen of all the mediums over the years that I've worked with. So, you know, I put my hands together, I bring them to my face, I close my eyes, I think carefully, I probably pace up and down. And there's quite a few things because at the same time, I am genuinely searching for a good thought to pop into my head that I could throw at the sitter. Um, so there's a bit of acting involved. There's a bit of uh, genuine stuff going on there. And that's exactly what you did, Ron. You you had your hands together like you were praying. You had them to your mouth like you were thinking. You know, heavy breathing. You paced up and down. Your eyes were shut. You'd stop. You'd think as though some voice is coming into your head or you can hear it. And then you'd say, yeah, I'm getting something now. Um, okay, yep. Okay, yep. Yep. Right, yeah, okay. I'm getting, yeah, lady with grey hair here is coming forward to me, yeah. Um, and um, she's targeting you, too. Yeah. yeah, she's tar- targeting you, madam. Um, okay, I'm not going to say if that makes sense yet, but um, let me get something more here. You know, and then you just go along from there. And you know that that's how Ron started, but evidently Ron's reading turned into something co- that could possibly have been something else. It might not have been explainable by rational means. But, but you know, it the, certainly the, what the com- wasn't what I expected it was going to be. No, mm-hmm. the composure was there. The composure was there, and more importantly, the confidence was there. And I think the confidence is the important thing there. Mm, that's true. That's so, true. anyways, we put that to bed for now, and let's okay. go on to uh, Cal's book because I, he gave a little presentation as well at Dining with the Dead yesterday, and I, I thought it was really interesting. And I, I've got a copy of his book, and I I just can't wait to read it. And, and Cal knows that I don't read a lot of books, but um, I'm really excited about this one. Um, Cal, you want to tell us a little bit about it and and kind of get into it, but you know, not so much the, the, the statistical side, but, but more or less some of the instances would happen, how you rate the different calls and so forth. So, Sure. Um, I had to say to the audience last night that um, there is no universal explanation for paranormal phenomena, at least physics, anthropology, psychology, sociology. They all have their different takes. They all have their say on what's going on. And um, we have to judge each and every case as it comes along. So last night when I was speaking to the guests at Dining with the Dead, um, I explained a few cases. I explained the categories of call types that seem to be going on. You know, there at least seems to be five different types. And I gave them some examples from my book. I um, read out some different ones, which uh, I was quite pleased that not only were they interesting to the audience, they also gasped when they were shocked at what was going on, hearing a story of, say a woman that had had a phone call from a, an old school friend and she tried to call her back and couldn't get in contact. And then when she finally got in contact with the lady's husband, he said, you know, she'd been dead six months and she'd only spoken to her a few days before. You know, the audience gasped. They're like, how's that possible? And there was multiple witnesses at hand. I also said that since the 1970s, when the first study of phone calls from the dead went on, because D. Scott Rogo and Raymond Bayless produced a book on it, um, we've advanced with technology. Not only have we used answer phone messages a lot more, we have emails, we have text messages, we have iPhones, we have iPads, we have walkie-talkies, we have baby monitors, um, SMN messages, we have Skype, we, what, what we, we have loaded <clears throat> SMN messages like a, 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 MSN. 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 Sorry. Take your mind and, out um, you know, Yeah, there we go. It's stuttering. 
Uh, we have so many different ways of communicating with people, two-way communication between the living, which at some point it seems people believe for some reason, one way or another, that the dead are communicating with them. Even alien contact as well, some people that have witnessed UFOs or claim they've been abducted by aliens. In many cases, they subsequently report that they've had strange telephone calls from mysterious people saying, don't ever discuss your experience of reporting or seeing a UFO. Don't ever discuss your experience of being abducted. Or even they hear a voice over the telephone mimicking their own voice and just repeating everything that they say. Um, so there are so many different cases that we cannot just generalize with a single explanation like saying, well, it was just a hallucination. It was due to expectancy and suggestion. How do you expect to have a telephone call like that? Where's the suggestion come in? Why would someone just randomly hallucinate a telephone call such as that? Granted, it might come up in cases where you've suffered a bereavement and you might want that final goodbye with someone or to settle some sort of argument that you had and you never got to leave the person on good grounds. So you might want that final farewell. It might happen in some cases where you're suffering grief. You might hallucinate the telephone call. But in some of the other calls where you discovered after you had the telephone call, it was discovered that the person was dead. So how could you have possibly known that you were going to have a telephone call from the dead. So there are so many possibilities to consider, which I put across the audience last night, that we cannot generalise this. And it's fairly new, really. You know, there are loads of sciences that have been going on for hundreds of years, but psychology is relatively new compared to physics, chemistry and biology. And even more so, parapsychology is a very much a baby science compared to the others. It's just starting to grow. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm um. From the chat room, uh, Ghost Girl is saying, can you give us an example? Um, yeah, okay. I'll give you an example of a telephone call from the dead. I'll give you an example of a text message from the dead that I discussed last night. <laughs> so here's a phone call from the dead. This is one that I discussed last night, and it was a guy called Carl. He got away from his um, family, got away from his friends and um, relationship troubles that he was going through. He lived in the United States. And he got in his car and he just drove. He kept driving and driving until he reached the coast. And he wanted somewhere to stay. He looked around and he found a nice little cottage by the seafront which said room to let. He went in and there was a nice old lady there who said, just call me grandma. She led him up to a room, went in, and he discovered the room was full of antiques. He didn't pay much attention to them, but there was grandfather clocks, an old telephone on the wall. There were plates, cupboards. The bed was old. There was a washing basin and many things. In the evening, after he'd had something to eat, he went for a long walk on the beach to clear his mind of any troubles that he'd had at home. No one knew he was there. He didn't tell his friends or family where he was going. Nobody knew of his whereabouts, location, and they just thought Carl had gone missing. He was effectively a missing. Noticed that the telephone on the wall started ringing. It was one of the very old telephones that had a crank handle on the side where you'd have to wind the handle, pick up the receiver, and connect to the operator and tell the operator who to connect you to. The telephone was ringing. Curiosity got the better of him. He didn't want his holiday to be disturbed because he was stressed out. He didn't want the home troubles to come to him. But still, the curiosity, as I say, got the better of him and he answered the phone. Immediately, as he picked up the phone, he heard his, father vo his father's voice say, Ah, there you are, Carl. Your mother's been looking for you. She'll be absolutely frantic trying to find you. You may as well call her up and, you know, speak to her. Well, you know, that's okay, Dad. Why don't you call her over to the phone? No, no, she's not here with me, son. Well, where are you? I'm in a very beautiful place. It's very peaceful. 
Be sure to call your mother now. Goodbye, Carl. The phone went down. Carl was quite concerned, and he thought, well, no, Dad couldn't call Mother to the phone. I don't know where Dad was, but he said it was very calm and peaceful. Um, so he put down the receiver. He picked it up again and started to wind the crank on the side of the telephone, and he couldn't get any signal to the operator or anything. He thought he perhaps maybe dreamt the whole situation and went back to bed. And then the next morning, he told Grandma of the whole situation over breakfast. She said, there's no possible way you could have had that experience. My late husband bought that telephone. It's an antique. It's not got any wires in it, and it's not, con it's not connected to the telephone lines either. And she said, you better call your mother straight away. She handed the kitchen telephone to him, a brand-new plastic kitchen telephone. He rang his mother, and on the first ring, she answered, Carl, where have you been? I've been almost frantic trying to contact you. Your father passed away last night at 11.13 of a heart attack. Oh I've been God. trying to get hold of you so frantically. Immediately, Carl packed his things and left for home. How his father knew that he was there at the exact same time that he'd had a heart attack, who knows? But it seems that somehow his father had contacted him just from the point he'd left the point of the body at death, and contacted Carl on a telephone that was not operational just okay. to speak to him and get him back to his mother because of such a crisis going on. Okay. So that's one example of a telephone call from the dead. Wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, in, in, my in my investigating, I have had many uh, examples of that, and I talked about one last night, but I, I, here's another one I, I did get, and I remember this was very early in my ghost hunting career. Uh, we did a place called the uh, Blue Door Inn, and uh, I got to be friends with the, the lady who owned the place. And she had, that same October, she had a Halloween party, so she invited me there. And, you know, I met some of the people and everything else, and I, I just happened to uh, get into a conversation with a young woman who was there. And her husband had died uh, several months earlier. And uh, when she went to the, the funeral and uh, she came home, uh, you know, she was getting undressed and, and she came into the bedroom and all of a sudden she heard a phone ringing and it was coming from the closet. And what it was, was the telephone. Oh, my God, the pizza's here already. Oh, God, pizza from the dead so soon? Wow, we just got uh. started. But anyways, uh, the young lady had a disconnected phone in the closet with an answer machine on it. Now, back in the old days, you could only accept 20 phone calls on your answer machine, and that was all. There were 100 phone calls on this answer machine. And uh, so she started doing it. She started reverse calling some of these numbers, and every one was a disconnected number. <laughs> so wow. she, is, she is absolutely sure that that was uh, calls from beyond. That's, wow. I think the thing that added the whole grisly element to it last night was when I explained to some of the audience that some people have had telephone calls from the dead or even text messages from the dead when the dead have actually been buried with their mobile phone. Oh. So, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Any, anyways, we, have to wrap, we, we do have to wrap it up. Uh, oh. Cal will be with us on the cruise tomorrow night out of Portsmouth. I do believe there's only a few tickets left. Uh, last I saw, I think there might be like six tickets left, if, if that, for the cruise out of uh, Portsmouth on the Heritage. Uh, if you go to my website, there's a link there, which is nghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. Also, Ross will be at the Inn Magnolia in Gloucester on Sunday doing uh, a gallery reading. 
Tickets are available for that. You have to get those in advance also through my website, anyghostproject.com. And I also want to thank um, Karen Ruck, who was really a big help at the uh, the conference. But one of the coolest things she did is she made these cookies that were actually uh, Ouija boards. Oh, They're yeah. They were awesome. Yeah. Weren't they awesome with the little planchettes and everything? Yeah. I think they were great. They were I'm fantastic. afraid to eat mine. <laughs> you know what? You should just varnish it and keep it, seriously. I, I just love I, it. I love it. I ate I, the ghost, though. Yeah, I ate one as well, and I can feel the planchette moving around in my stomach now, spelling out messages. Really? Are you getting a message? Are you getting a message, Kel? I, I'm getting a message now, but it's just a sort of rumble. It might be a knocking, but it's one rumble for yes and two rumbles for now. <laughs> and, uh, and after the Brits leave, we do have another cruise going on. I think it's the 18th or 19th out of uh, Rye, which is a... Um, another ghost cruise so uh, this, this will be with Jeremy Dantramont and myself which will be a lot of fun as well yes. and maybe Anne maybe I can convince Anne to come with us oh maybe we'll see okay we'll see. here you go hey. so Cal I want to thank you so much and I guess I'll see you tomorrow on the cruise and once again yep. there, I think six tickets left in anywhere so interested go to my website and a pleasure as all good night and God bless all good night thank you Cal Good night, everybody. Good night, guys. Thank you very much. See you soon, guys. Bye-bye.